It has happened. Just saw the Twitter. Just saw the CNN updates. Impeachment of President Donald Trump. I really do not have a lot to say about this. I am documenting this because it's history. It is officially history. We're in the history books. Whether we think of it or not, I mean, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, tomorrow, kids, teachers, everybody is going to be talking about this. Still talk about Bill Clinton impeachment. I was alive for that. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand why we, I can't even say keep, but why we have elected for these presidents to step in the White House, step into control of our country. And not, it's not all them. There's the other branches. They have to work. There's a... Uh, police system sort of kind of veto system everybody's watching everybody's back you know protecting the other parties and you know all that other good stuff that you always hear in history classes political science classes in college but what I do know is that Donald Trump should have never got elected should have never got elected and I will be completely honest I did not vote that presidential election and I have voted every one that I have been able to since I became legal to vote. I vote for primaries and secondaries and presidents and local officials. And I voted to, I think I've been part of three votes for local taxpayers on whether, you know, we wanted to build a building and, you know, other things to help the community and stuff like that. So I'm an active voter. I am an active. I try to do as much as I can for my community. I really do. I did not vote for Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton because I couldn't find a best of both evils. I really couldn't. I already knew whoever gets in the office was not a good fit. There was going to be issues. And of course, that's exactly what happened. And I'm not saying of course because oh my god, I was right. Everybody thought this. I think everybody went into that election saying who's going to mess up the least. And I don't know if we picked the right guy for even that equation. I really don't know. And I really don't want to find out. I'm kind of glad this is over. I'm tired of hearing about this guy every day. I'm tired of seeing the political cartoons. Sure, it was funny at first. Yeah, it was. But every time the man goes to Chicago or anywhere where, you know, there's a part of the population that is ethnic group or, you know, a different race or even a different gender. Donald Trump is really picked on and pointed fingers at just about everybody he could even white men just that seen the other party of you know our world or you know other stuff like that he is literally picked on and talked smack about everybody or every race or every group or every political party every everything he came in here like a rapper just not rapping <laughs> uh sorry that made me laugh but he really came in just talking a bunch of smack and not backing any of it up nothing turn our country into a giant high school where everybody just talking smack about the next person and not doing anything to back up claims just talking smack that's exactly what happened you see it in high schools every day but there's a difference between 14 15 16 17 year old kids and grown men who are successful businessmen who were elected by a country or at least by the electoral college because i will be one of those people that think or I am one of those people who think that that's who wins the presidency, is the electoral college votes. I mean, let's face it, that's kind of what it is. So he won that. There's a big difference between kids who aren't legal to drive <laughs> and do other things and 
haven't paid their first mortgage payment or haven't really paid a bill and, and things like that and haven't had a job, haven't been a manager, haven't owned anything. Now you have somebody that has done all these things, plus more, at a very high level, but turned it all into the same kind of situation with other people that are like him, but on the same social networking scale. It's really, it's really sad. This is what this country's come to. It's sad. It's sad. I hope we can, you know, bounce back. I, I really hope we do. Really wasn't a fan, obviously. The only thing that I can appreciate Trump for is that he did house a couple WrestleManias back in the day. WrestleMania 4 and WrestleMania 5 were both in Atlantic City, New Jersey. So thank you for at least doing something. And there was a match that featured other wrestlers. I've never seen this, but I, you know, you always hear about it with Donald Trump and Vince McMahon. Where there was a hair versus hair match with Donald and Vince, and neither one of them were in the match. It was a you know a bunch of studs or stars at the time, and I believe I don't even know who lost. It was probably Vince. It's got to be Vince. I don't think Donald's gonna cut his toupee off. That would have been funny if they made him take his toupee off though. I would have really watched it, but I really wasn't watching wrestling at the time. I was in college and trying to be a journalist and stuff like that. <laughs> important things yeah maybe can't believe he was elected president i can't believe he was impeached man it's it's kind of crazy that it's it's happened right now i mean we've been talking about it and watching i've watched some of the the footage on cnn and some of the the hearings and stuff like this and as you're as you're watching it and you're like okay yeah this is gonna happen but it's it's always crazy when it does happen we're like hey i thought it would but it, it's surreal until it actually happens because like I said we're in the history books now and this is gonna be one of those moments that you're gonna be like hey where was I what was I doing and when it popped up on my phone I was editing this very podcast so episode 24 of edge of URC podcast will be my memory of Donald Trump getting impeached that's kind of cool I like that what else is going to be on episode 24 is former Lamoille, Ohio girls basketball coach and Eureka College women's assistant basketball coach Bobby Wilson is on this show with us. Great talk. Ever, oh man, all around the board. Basketball is this guy's life. He said life is basketball. That's a motto. You hear it all the time. I always say it. Life is, basketball is life. Life is basketball. Vice versa. Bobby Wilson has lived it. Bobby Wilson is the definition. He has followed it from birth to now. It's it's an amazing story. I love to hear it. It's like our own version of love and basketball. It really is. And we talk about that, which is kind of funny. I'm not going to say anything else about it. He can tell his own life. And it was an awesome, well-told story. I'm glad I was here to listen to it and to share it with you guys. He is from Flint, Michigan. I will be the little spoiler on that, though. He's from Flint, Michigan, which has produced tons of superb basketball players. So we talk about that, we talk about how he got into basketball, what it has done for his life on many different levels. So keep listening, only got a few things I want to talk about besides Donald Trump, but I already got that out of the way. So only a few little more things before we get to Bobby Wilson. Again, I thank him for joining me on this show. What a great guest. I call him a friend, met him obviously doing stories for a paper with his basketball team and you know we stayed in touch it's been cool oh, but also in when we were talking we did this almost a week ago actually more than a week ago and we say something about Derrick Rose one of his favorite players 
or his favorite of all time, I believe is what he said. You'll have to listen to this podcast to make sure that's what he said. His favorite of all time, one of my tops. I'm going to have to come up with a list. I haven't done a list. I'm a huge list guy, though. I love looking at them. I like writing my own. I haven't done it yet. Derrick Rose is, is up there. At least my favorites. Not Maybe not, hey, who's your favorite skilled player of all time? Uh, don't get me wrong. Derrick Rose is totally skilled. But I'm not going to put him up there with Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and, of course, Michael Jordan. So I don't know where he would fall exactly. But if we had a list of my favorite players that I love to watch, that I was really excited when I bought their jersey or their t-shirt, or I was going to a Bulls game and Derrick Rose was going to be there, or a player that I wanted to see was going to be there, obviously Derrick Rose was already just released out of my mouth. That's how much I loved going to see him. I mean, he is up in the top echelon of my favorite players to watch. No doubt. Well, we mentioned him hitting a buzzer beater, and the buzzer beater was December 9th against the New Orleans Pelicans. We didn't mention the game, we just mentioned the buzzer beater and, you know, he's still playing phenomenal basketball even after his injuries. So I just wanted to let you know what game we're talking about. That was December 9th. This show is coming out December 18th. So just letting you know. Man, I still can't believe Donald Trump is impeached. Man, it's a beautiful thing. And one more thing. If you have not seen the movie Six Underground, I watched it last night. It's Ryan Reynolds, who, believe it or not, at the moment is my favorite actor i mean i've had spells with different people where like man i want to watch their movies i'm not the guy that goes to the movie theater all the time the only movies that i make sure that i see at the movie theater are star wars movies because i have seen every single one of the luke skywalker saga at the theater when they remastered the originals in 96 97 98 i think it was 97 or maybe all 30 i don't know late 90s I was in fifth or sixth grade and I loved him. Like I went and seen him with a friend in school at that time and I, and I loved him. So when you know, The Phantom Menace came out, I'm, I went and seen him and vice versa and vice versa. I've seen all of them in the theaters and I, I can't say that I'm a huge Star Wars fan. If you started naming off characters besides the obvious ones, and I'm not even just talking about Luke, Han Solo. Princess Leia, R2-D2, you know, C-3PO, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader. You know, after those, I can go a little deeper. I can go a little deeper than the, you know, crazy famous ones. But if we start naming planets, I kind of get them confused. You know, the Millennium Falcon, obviously know what that is. TIE Fighter, obviously know what that is. The Death Star, I know what that is. But we get into the, like, fandom, super fandom, you know, you're going to all the CP3D.com... You know, the meetings, trying to see everybody that you can see, get autographs, and everybody's dressed up in different costumes. I'm nowhere on their level. I have no idea the stuff that they know, and I'm being completely honest. I do have a bunch of Star Wars books. I've probably read like two or three of them. I am interested in that kind of stuff, and I'm not even really a big sci-fi guy. I just like Star Wars. I like the stories that they put with this kind of world. Most of the other stuff that is like this or tries to be like this or stuff, I'm just not into it. I think it's just the storyline and Darth Vader's kids coming at him and, and then they were able to take those three movies, go before them and then go behind them and be able to mix them all together. Then they had the, the Solo movie, which I loved. Rogue One is one of the best movies I've seen in the last, well, what did that have to be, four years ago, five years ago? So I'm going to say in the last like six, seven years. 
one of the best movies that I'd seen, at least in the theater. Not a huge Star Wars fan, but I love that I can say that I went and seen each and every one of them at the theater. Of course, I'm trying to go this weekend. Episode 9 is out on Friday. Don't know if I'm going to be able to go Friday or Saturday. Saturday is my nephew's birthday. Maybe I can talk him in. He's a Star Wars fan. He likes it. Maybe I can talk him into going to the movies for his birthday. Yeah, maybe I can do that. We'll see. Get the family involved, you know? <laughs> anyway, so I'm watching Six Underground. Ryan Reynolds. Like I said, one of my favorite actors right now. No, he is my favorite actor right now. If we're going to say, hey, all these actors are lined up. You get to pick a movie by one of them. Who are you going with? If we're not talking like my all-time favorite actors and movies, we're talking right now. Who do I want in a movie? I'm going Ryan Reynolds. Dude is hilarious. His sarcastic, under his breath, piss everybody off around him style is awesome. <laughs> I love it. It makes me laugh all the time. And there's a ton of this to be heard, seen, and enjoyed on Six Underground. And no, this is not an ad. This is not a promo. Nothing like that for the movie. But I really, seriously enjoyed this movie. It was a mixture of Ryan Reynolds' witty, sarcastic humor with Michael Bay was a director. So Michael Bay is the guy that directed the Transformer movies and other stuff like that. The big graphics huge destruction scenes, stuff like that. And that's what you get in this movie. But the way they shot it, the cinematic skills that were shown and put on display for this movie were absolutely phenomenal. There's a lot of gunshots, there's a lot of wounded, killed, maimed. Any adjective that you wanna use for murder, death, kill, it could be used for this movie. That's my spoiler, that's my warning for the kids. And for parents, if you don't want your kids to watch a movie like that. But it is really good. It's got a storyline. It's got life lessons in it. It's got everything that I like in movies. And it was really cool. And I'm really glad I watched it. I am not really a huge movie guy, to be completely honest with you. I go through spurts. Like, I'll go through a couple months. Like, all I want to do is watch movies. And then I'll go through the rest of the year playing NBA 2K, doing other stuff on all kinds of different levels. I go through spurts of reading books while I bust out three or four in a couple months, or I'm in the spurt that I'm right now, where I've been working on the same book, which should have been an easy read, for almost a year. But my life has been crazy. I've been jumping around, switching jobs, finding new hobbies, starting a podcast that I love doing, and I'm sorry, books. I'm going to put this podcast ahead of you right now. <laughs> That's all I had for this I don't know if we call this an intro, Brandon sit down before the interview. Maybe that's what we'll call it, the Brandon sit down. If you have any ideas of what I should call the segment where I talk about what I want to, discuss anything under the sun, whether it's movies, books, other sports, high school, national, foreign, if you can think of a name for a segment for this, put on a message, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Put it in a comment on Twitter, Edge of Your CP, Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. If you want to write a review on Apple Music, iTunes, put it in there. Please leave five stars. That would be perfect, awesome, and very appreciated. I don't think you could actually write words on Spotify. You could follow us, and then any other time I said something like this, like, hey, leave me an idea. And then you can go to Facebook and Twitter, and you know to leave one. That'd be awesome. Please do that. Please keep listening. Please share Edge of Your Seat Podcast with your friends, your family, anybody that you know that listens to podcasts. Definitely appreciate it. 
working on some stuff to make the show bigger, better, more awesome every single time I turn on the mixer, the mic, and put on the headphones. Every single time. I never give up. I love doing this, and I'm going to make it as awesome for you as it is for me. So with that said, I have a, an amazing interview with Bobby Wilson that takes your heart all over the place. I want to say so much about it leading up to it, but I think it is just better if I let it roll and let you hear. With that said, peace. If you didn't know already by listening to Edge of Your Seat Podcast, your host Brandon LaChance's favorite sport is basketball. I can talk basketball all day, every day, and I love having guests or friends or interviewees to talk basketball with. And I am fortunate enough to have who I would call a friend and somebody that I've interviewed quite a few times. Bobby Wilson, how are you today? Good, Brandon. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you for joining us. So let's just tell our listeners where I met you. You were coaching basketball for Lamoille, Ohio girls, and I met you when you were an assistant and then you were the coach for a couple years and when you stayed in touch now you're with eureka so just talk about your your coaching parade and where you've been at well i've, I've been really lucky through uh the, through my time coaching and uh been blessed to uh to do what i love to do of course and uh i was really really lucky at the age of 19 to uh uh step on to pass note part of his staff at ivcc I was a student, but I was an assistant as well. He really, really showed me the ropes with everything when it came to uh, college basketball, especially on the women's side. And it just really got me excited. And I had always wanted to be a coach coming up through high school and as a player and everything and going to college and being a part of a really, really good college team for, for uh, a couple of years. And uh, just never even thought about coaching on the women's side. And uh, I was at Ivy helping out the men and then stay after doing the laundry for the men's basketball program and one day pat was just like hey i'll let you just come in and help us too so i went in i was helping the women's team and everything and it just kind of grew from there after after my time there at ivy was able to come to Eureka college for three years serve as an assistant i was a recruiting coordinator handled all the well, not all of the recruiting, but a lot of the recruiting, and uh, helped. I worked for two different head coaches at that point during those three years, and then uh, after that, like you said, I went to uh, Lamoille, Ohio. I was the assistant varsity coach for a year, and then I stepped into the varsity head coaching job for the past three years, and loved every second of that. Great group of kids. I I, I love all those kids, and honestly, they're. They're like, especially to me and my wife. My wife was my assistant too, and we have a son of our own, but those kids really were our kids too. When I was presented with the opportunity to come back to Eureka, it was a, it was a tough decision because, uh, like I said, I love those kids at Memorial, but my dream has always been to be a head college basketball coach. So I had to jump at the opportunity to come back to the college level to try to get to where I want to get to. While you were at Lamoille, Lexi Loftus came through and was one of the best players in the area, a crazy scorer, did a little bit of everything for you guys. Not every coach gets the opportunity to coach a athlete or, in her terms, a straight basketball player to the level that you were able to. So just let us know how that felt to be able to, to coach, mentor, and grow a program around a player like Lexi Loftus. Well, uh, of course it helps to have players like that, without a doubt. I think the number one thing with Lexi is she was just so willing and eager to learn and just uh, put in the work. 
and her work ethic was second to none. And when your best player has a great work ethic, everybody else just follows in line. I think that would at least be something that people would say from my time at Lamoille is, yeah, we might not have won the most games, but every every night that a team had to play us, they knew that they were going to get our best shot because they knew that we had kids that were going to come out there and just play to the best of their ability and do everything that they could to stay in the game and potentially win the game. Again, somebody like uh, Lexi with the ability that she had really helps, of course, like I said, but the number one thing with her was just her work ethic, and it just made everybody follow line, and then it made me continue to have a good work ethic too, honestly. Moving on from high school, like I said, you're back into college, something that you wanted to get back to, you wanted to do. So what are your roles with Eureka? With Eureka right now, I'm handling a lot of the recruiting again. I mean, of course, me and my head coach work together, obviously, but uh, I'm in a different gym every night, which I love. I love the recruiting aspect and building the relationship. Now that I can't play anymore, recruiting is the part where I can be competitive when it comes to trying to get kids. So I'm really hands-on with that. I'm hands-on in practice every day, building a really good relationship with the players that we have, doing to build what we have going on here. And then uh, I handle the scouting. I do all that. I present it to my head coach, and we work together on that as well. So really cool thing we got going. Uh, he's My head coach, Amos Abergast, has really, really helped me by just allowing me to have a voice and help me to continue to grow as a coach and hopefully continue to build uh, to get to the head seat that I want in the future. How far is, I guess, the the range or the recruiting trail that you guys would go on for Eureka? How far north or south, east, west do you guys travel? We, we've been almost anywhere and everywhere throughout the state so far. I mean, of course, being in Eureka by Peoria and Bloomington, we try and get as many central Illinois kids as we can because there's so much talent here. But I've been up in the Illinois Valley already watching a couple games. And, of course, with all the connections I have with coaching in that area, talking to all those coaches all the time and everything about different kids. So personally, myself and my head coach agrees. But I really want to have a good relationship with the coaches and players in the Illinois Valley just because I know that there's a lot of talent up there that sometimes goes unnoticed from the high school level and the junior college level at IVCC. I know sometimes those kids don't get looked at as much as they should, too. Hopefully they'll uh, think about Eureka College. Well, as you know, I'm an assistant coach at IVCC, and I was sitting on that. I look up. And I had walked past you, and I knew you were at Eureka, and then I saw you sitting on the top of the, the bleachers, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's probably scouting. Yeah, he's here for Eureka. Right, right. <laughs> yep, definitely. <laughs> definitely, that's awesome. I wish I could do more for IVCC. I've, uh, I got a late start because of paperwork and, and things like that, and then I think I came to a practice probably about a week before the first game, and then... Because of work schedules and how early the games are, I mean, if if IVCC has a road game, they're leaving at like 2.30, 3 o'clock, 3.15. Well, I can't leave the bank until 4. I'm missing pretty much every road game or at least most of them on the weekdays. On the weekends, I work every other Saturday, and it seems every time that IVCC plays on a Saturday, it's the Saturday that I work and the bus leaves at like 10.30. I'm off at noon. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> I, it's it's tough. Uh, college, the college profession, college coaching. I mean, dude, it, it's it's tough, but uh, it's great. 
and I love it. It, it. It's such a blessing to wake up every day, do what I love to do. Definitely. You are a very lucky man. That's true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm very lucky that I get to do what I love to do and that I have a, a wife and son that support me the way that they do. I know that's not always the case, but I'm very, very lucky and blessed in that regard. With you traveling all over Illinois, checking out different gyms, checking out different levels of programs, you know, college and high school. What are a few of the, the favorite gyms that you went across or, or been in, been able to watch some games at? That's a great question. Oh, uh, man. There, there's, been, there's so many great gyms in Illinois. There really are. Um, but the one I went to recently that I hadn't been to was Lewistown. When you walk in, the gym is, is basically a bowl. And you walk in, and you're looking down at the gym, and it, it's just a really, really cool setting. I really enjoyed that one, especially for being a 1A school. Coming from a 1A school as a head coach and uh, being able to see that, that was really cool. I'm a little biased, but my favorite gym in the state of Illinois is the gym that I played in as a high school player at Oswego East. One, it's huge. It sits, not exactly how much, but I want to say it upwards to multiple thousands. I don't know if it's exactly 5,000, but I know it, it's just a ton of people. And there's a jumbotron-looking scoreboard hanging from the ceiling and everything, and it was always a blessing to be able to play in that, especially uh, tonight they play off CEO High School on the boys' side, which was always a huge rivalry for us in high school, the cross-town rivalry and everything. And when those two would play, it was always a great thing. So uh, I'm biased in that regard, but I always really, really loved that. Like I said, though, there's so many just really, really good gyms in Illinois and just uh, the support that male and female basketball has in this state is phenomenal. I don't know if you know this, but I'm from Flint, Michigan, and basketball is obviously a huge, huge thing in Flint just with how many NBA guys have been produced and everything. And just being in that environment, growing up every day was phenomenal as a basketball, just a basketball fan, but also as a player. But... uh Coming from Michigan to Illinois, both huge, huge basketball states. So just being able to be around that growing up and into high school and college and seeing how great the environments are and everything is just really, really cool. There was a documentary about the Flint boys in basketball, wasn't there? Yep, yep. There, uh, a bunch of my friends were in it and everything. And, uh, and try to refresh my memory, if I remember right, I was watching, I've been a huge basketball fan for a very long time, and I remember, you know, through college and through NBA, they'd be like, oh, from Flint, Michigan, who were some of the guys that made it to, you know, prominent colleges and uh, the NBA from Flint? Was Mateen Cleaves one of them? Yep, yep. Uh, that 2000 Michigan State National Championship team had a handful. Mateen Cleaves was from Flint, Flint Northern High School. Morris Peterson was from Flint Southwestern, or no, Flint Northwestern, and then Charlie Bell was from Flint Southwestern. So those three guys were from there. Right now in the NBA, there's Miles Bridges with the Charlotte Hornets and uh, Monte Morris with the Denver Nuggets. There's just, just uh, a lot of really good players coming out of there. And then Glenn Rice might be the most notable name, I guess you could say, just being the all-star and, and everything. And one uh, of the greatest three-point shooters ever. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> he was awesome. I loved watching Glenn Rice play. I'm a diehard Michigan fan. Um, my dad went there and, and everything, so big Michigan fan. But I also cheer for Sparty, too, Michigan State, just because more Blake guys go to Michigan State than Michigan. So always, always cheering for 
except when they play each other, of course. But always support all the Michigan teams. That championship game where Mateen Cleaves is bumming around on a bum ankle and showing the heart yep. of a warrior was actually the first college game that I ever watched, and I continued watching ever since then. I always watched the NBA, but really wasn't into college. And then I seen that game, and I never stopped watching college basketball since then. I will, I will never forget that game, it's just because growing up, living in Flint and everything, and uh, that that game meant so much to to our town and, and everybody, just because like the three main guys on that team were from Flint, they all got drafted. It was just a huge thing because you had so much pride. Because Flint obviously has a lot of negative connotations that goes with it and everything. And I mean, there's a lot of bad things, but basketball is huge. And there's a lot of really good football players, too, with Mark Ingram and Andre Risen and guys like that. But, but basketball is king, that's for sure. And uh, kind of like what you were saying with that game, setting you off as a college basketball fan. But for me, it was just like the pinnacle because it was just, hey, those guys are from where I'm from. And uh, I can do that, too. It was just a great thing for, for our city. I'll never forget Mo Pete because I'm a big NBA 2K player and every single year they either have a Amethyst card or a Ruby card or some kind of card with Mo Pete that you'll get pretty early on and I'll run with him until I get a, a card to, you know, a diamond or a pink diamond to replace him. But I love Morris Peterson. I love his game or loved his game. Three-point shooter, play defense. He could slash as well. It was fun watching him in college and in the league. Right, he could do a little bit of everything. Being from Michigan, but living in Illinois, working in Illinois for quite a while, where does your you know fandom lie? I, I know you just said you're a big Michigan fan, but what about pro sports and, and other things like that? Are you Illinois or Michigan? I'm a diehard Detroit Lions and Detroit Pistons fan. It, it, it's hard being a Detroit sports fan, but uh, I ride and die with my teams. This is how I am. I was born and raised up there and moved to Illinois. My uh, sophomore year of high school, all of my allegiance lies with the with the Detroit teams and the Michigan teams for sure. That being said, my favorite player, my favorite player growing up was Richard Hamilton, being from the Pistons and everything. But my probably my favorite player of all time is Derrick Rose. Had the privilege to play against him a couple times in high school, and it was a <laughs> challenge, of course. Just seeing him rise the way that he has and do what he's done. And uh, now he's on the Pistons, so that's really cool. I bought his jersey the day it came out. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it's just a great thing to see somebody from Chicago do the things that he did. But uh, now being a part of my favorite team makes it even better. Yeah, I'll always love Derrick Rose. We know what happened to his ankles and, and knees and legs and how we left Chicago and the Chicago right. Bulls fans kind of ganging up on him like, hey, why aren't you playing when you could probably play and all that other stuff. I'll always appreciate what he did in Chicago. I was a fan uh, when he started to get back on track in Minnesota and I just watched him hit the game winner, was it yesterday? Yep, last night, yep. Still got the yep. talent. He's still amazing to watch. I mean, it doesn't matter that he had to battle injuries. His gameplay and what he means to basketball is still always going to be there, and it's fun to watch him. Right, I couldn't agree more. And that's part of the reason why I love him so much is because I had a, I had a lot of knee injuries myself, so that's why I had to stop, stop playing 
when people were always giving him crap about his knees and everything, I, I always was one of the first ones to defend him because I understood a little bit what he was going through. And I'm like, hey, like this guy, let this guy take care of his body and do what he needs to do. And I mean, for goodness sake, uh, they changed they changed the rule for NBA contracts because of him. He's a Hall of Famer in my book, that's for sure. Yeah, and mine too. And he might not get there. I don't know how many years he has left. I mean, when you get leg injuries like he's had, I mean, it does cut years off. But you've seen with people like Grant Grant Hill had way, I mean, his injury list is just as long as Derrick Rose. And he played for a long time and had a good run at the end. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a great example. If you're talking about injuries and comebacks, I talk about Grant Hill. If you're talking about injuries and how it kind of crushed your career, unfortunately, I talk about Tracy McGrady. Trace McGrady and Brandon Roy are the first two that come up for me. It's unfortunate because both of those players, McGrady and Roy, were phenomenal. They changed the game, that's for sure. You were talking about playing against Derrick Rose. I was not a great player by any means, but I was in a summer camp in Peoria, and I got to play Sean Livingston. We were in the same class, 2004, and he dunked on me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's okay. You can live with that one. Yeah, I mean, he's an NBA champion and had a really good run, even, and he had a nasty knee injury really early yeah, on in his career. Terrible. Oh, man, every once in a while I'll go back and watch it because I, I was watching it live when it happened. Uh, I got to meet Sean one time, and uh, I mean, you always follow him along, but I never, you never really realize until you meet somebody, and then you're like, wow, like, this guy's really big. And then he's a point guard, basically. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's 6'7". I'm 6'0", yeah. and when I played him, I don't know if I was quite 6'0", yet. He's 6'7", and he is every bit of it. Right, and he's so long and just athletic. And I mean, like you said, that injury might be the worst injury ever. It's hard to watch, that's for sure. And like I said, I've watched it a few times just because, I don't know why, just bringing it back, like, oh my God, <laughs> like, I can't believe he still had the career that he did after that. Right, exactly. To come back and win multiple NBA championships is... Uh, And what was awesome about him is he did win, you know, multiple NBA championships. He didn't have to be the guy because there was obviously other guys on the Golden State Warriors. But he made just as strong an impact as the guy would by being a backup point guard, being reliable in every situation that they needed him. He played D. He made big shots when he needed to. He was able to feed and lead the guys for easy scoring opportunities. So just talk about like that when you're scouting and watching basketball all across the state. Are those some of the things that you're looking for? Like, hey, you don't have to be the star player, but if you can do something... Oh, certainly. Certainly. Uh, to be completely honest with you, that, I mean, you want... you For one, you need people like that. You need people that are going to accept their role, just do anything and everything that it takes. And somebody like Sean did exactly what that was. I mean, he was a great player, obviously, Coming out, he's one of the best players. Obviously, to go from high school straight to the NBA and be a top five pick, I mean, that, that's not an easy task, of course. For somebody like us at the Division Three level, we, we know we're, we're not necessarily going to get that type of player, obviously, like the top echelon players. But uh, we got to find kids that fill those roles, kind of like uh, what we were saying there, and uh, do the little things and uh, do all the right things. Is, is the main thing that we're really looking for, of course, high academics and all those things. But that's a that's a big deal too. Be able to do multiple things on the floor is such a huge deal, especially in today's basketball, because it's it's 
different now because everybody can do so many different things. You got six, seven, six, nine guys like Sean, or guys who are seven foot like Kevin Durant who are handling the ball and coming down the floor. So even on the girls' side, you got to be able to do a little bit of everything. The best player in the WNBA this year is Elena Deladon, 6'5", and she'll run the point sometimes. So, I mean, you, you, you got to be able to do a little bit of everything and fill out all those roles. And she should still be with Chicago as well. I agree with you. Um, <laughs> my wife and I, uh, this was before our son was born, of course, but we attended a lot of Chicago Sky Games, and uh, especially that year when they went to the conference finals. And we actually went to game three in Chicago when they got swept by Phoenix. Diane Frosty had probably the best fourth quarter I've ever seen in my life, especially in person. I think she had 22 points or something like that just in the fourth quarter, but... That Chicago team at Deladon, Sylvia Fowles, Courtney Vandersloot, just Tamara Young, just a really, really good group. And it was sad that they were never able to win a title with that. Yeah, that was kind of a little heartbreaking thing. I'm not going to lie, I don't watch much WNBA, but I did watch a few games that season and definitely in the playoffs. Yeah, that's probably the only Chicago team that I cheer for, honestly, the Chicago Sky. There's no more team in Detroit. There used to be the Detroit Shock, but they moved. And uh, actually, best player on the Detroit Shock team back in the day was uh, Deanna Nolan, also from Flint, Michigan. (laughs) What is it about Flint that has made it such a a big basketball area and atmosphere for players that come to the NBA, to college, to WNBA? What is it about that area where everybody wants to play basketball? That's a great question. Like one, the environment. It's not a great area. I think kids uh, being in the gym a lot is a big deal because it keeps you out of trouble. I think that has a little bit to do with it. I think there, there's just a lot of great athletes in Flint in general. But I think basketball is big for one because in Michigan it's cold all the time. So you want to be in the gym. I think that's a big part of it. Almost near the end of September until April, mid-April, it's cold. So, I mean, you just you just go to the gym and you just play and work on things and since there's been such a long string of guys and girls that have come out of Flint as great players, that just has really built the culture and continues uh, continues to grow. This year, probably the number one player in the state of Michigan is uh, Jalen Terry from Flint Beecher High School, and uh, he was committed to Michigan State, but he just decommitted and he opened things back up, and he's going to be the next one to continue the Flint legacy. Maybe he'll go to Michigan. He might just stick with Michigan State. We'll see, but... I think just now it's just there's been so many great players that guys and and girls just want to live up to that. I had a question and then I just forgot it. That always stinks. (laughs) <laughs> to me, like in, in my profession and what I do, it's kind of like missing a free throw. You're a professional basketball player and you miss a free throw. To me, it's equivalent to going to ask a question and then you forget what the question is. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that, that's, a, that's a good comparison, I guess. That's what I'm going to roll with. I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other words, what you're talking about with the Flint, you know, Flint basketball players, they kind of use it as a way to... You know, they stay in the gym, stay out of trouble, keep their, you know, mind on other stuff. With so many distractions, and this isn't just in Flint, Michigan, there's distractions in Mendota, Illinois, in Chicago, right, obviously, right. in every state, yep. every town, every city across America. What do you think has to, like, trigger in somebody to give them the idea to, like, hey, maybe I should play a sport, maybe I should, like, get into books instead of doing things that could land you in jail, could land you you know, six feet deep, things like that. I don't mean to be dark, but 
kids, high school no, teenagers, right. teenagers are shot and killed every day. Right, right. I mean, I, I've seen it growing up. I mean, uh, that was a part of life every day growing up uh, in Flint and, and everything. And like you said, it happens everywhere. It's not just certain places and everything. But I think for me personally, it was just, I mean, I had a lot of crazy and bad things happen in my life growing up and growing up with a single mom and seeing how hard she had to work and everything and everything she had to do just for me and my brother to uh, to live and have what we had. I think had a lot to do with me being self-motivated. I think that was a huge thing for myself. I think for other kids, I think having a big a role model is huge. Somebody that you look up to and somebody that can help you and guide you. And I always, always want to be that, to be a good example for people. And uh, that's how I try and live my life. But uh, I think that's huge for kids everywhere, for young people. Because, I mean, for me, myself, I really didn't have that growing up. Like I said, I was very self-motivated. But I feel like once I moved here, my high school coach at Oscar East was the biggest role model I've ever had in my life. And uh, I've told him that, and you know that. And I, I, I think that's a huge, huge thing for kids, especially coming from uh, underprivileged areas as a role model to be able to help you go through things and using sports. I always talk to the kids that I coached at Memorial and I told them, like, use basketball, use volleyball, use track, whatever it is. Use that sport to help get you to a better situation. And it's not that those kids in particular came from bad situations. It was just use that sport to help potentially pay for your schooling and uh, so you don't graduate with debt and so you start your life in a much better spot than the majority of young people. So I, I think uh, I think that's big too for kids to understand to uh, use the sport to help you. Like I said, kind of growing up, it's hard for me and my family. Basketball was like my release. So that was, that's why it was such a big thing for me growing up to where I could just go and I didn't have to think about anything and just play and have fun. And I've been blessed to play in some big games growing up in high school and everything. Me and my head coach were talking about this. I'm my head coach here at Eureka. We were talking about this the other day. And I can honestly say I've never been nervous about a basketball game, playing or coaching in my entire life, just because the things I've gone through in my life Basketball is nothing compared to that. So, I mean, for me, it, it, it was just fun. It was just a release and escape. And I think a lot of kids growing up the way that I grew up or in, in the same type of situation can use sports in that way. Uh, I know a lot of parents fuel that pressure or push that pressure on their kids to perform well in the athletic setting. I think uh, kids just need to use the athletic setting as just a release and just it's fun. That's why we do it. Definitely. And I know you said not everybody is in bad situations or, you know, the kids that you had in Lamoille came from bad situations. But if you're trying to go to college to a four year university and you're looking at not many scholarships and you're going to get loans and stuff like that, then everybody's in a bad situation. Right, <laughs> right, right. Because right. then you just graduate with forty thousand dollars of debt or whatever it may be. Yeah, and that's exactly why I'm laughing, because I did that. I didn't have scholarships. I didn't play sports in college. I went straight as a journalist student, and I am still paying college debt today and probably will for a very long time still. Right, and a lot of people are, a lot of people are in, that, in, in your shoes with that. You said Lexi Loftus earlier, and I mean, she was one of those kids that I tried to stress that with, and she's been able to do that. 
I mean, if you're talented and you have the ability, you have great grades, and you have the ability as an athlete to be able to do something like that, by all means, pursue it. <laughs> Definitely. And I, I do the same thing anytime that I'm talking to somebody. Even without athletics, like even if, say, you're going to be a journalist or you're going to be a business major or whatever, there is all kinds of scholarships that you can work yourself right. into. Exactly. Exactly. I wish I would have listened to your advice and my advice when I was in this situation. <laughs> right, but you live and you learn. Because you had mentioned it earlier, and I had seen it happen when you were coaching at Lamoille. You had your wife with you as an assistant coach, and you have mentioned you know, her a few times talking about basketball and sports. I just want to ask you about that kind of relationship where your partner, you have a kid, you're married, you love sports, it's a passion of yours. She shares that same passion with you. Just talk about that dynamic and how awesome that's got to make life. Oh, it's, it's great. Obviously, being a coach, I think being a coach's wife is the hardest job, personally, because we're not around and uh, we're not there every day. But for uh, that two-year stretch where she was my assistant coach as well, it, it was it was great. Because, I mean, every day we would get to go, we would do what we love to do every single day, and we got to do it together, which we became a couple and got together because of basketball. So I mean, it just made sense for the two of us to do what we love to do together and coach and everything. And now that we have a son and raise him the right way and, uh, and everything, He's around basketball every day, and uh, he he loves it already. He's he's always at home shooting at his little tight soup, and whenever he's in the gym and we have to leave, he gets mad. So, but I guess that's that's uh, he'll throw a little fit because he doesn't want to leave the gym. So I guess that's a good thing for, for in the future, maybe. But we're never gonna push basketball on him ever. But he's always gonna be around it. Like I kind of said earlier, it's, it's a blessing to be able to, to do what I love to do every day, but to have the love and support of uh, my wife and my son to be able to do what I love to do and to make the jump back to the college level and have their love and support to do it means everything to me. I think I could definitely say that probably the best two years of my coaching career in my entire life will probably be the two that I got to spend with my wife just because we got to do what we love to do together. I mean, it's what brought us together at the beginning was our love for basketball. And then, of course, we grew into other things and our love for each other now. But we always know basketball is going to be a big part of our relationship. And, uh, you know what this makes me want to do, right? Go watch love and basketball. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I was going to say that. But it also, this is a huge, oh, moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's awesome to just, not only to do what I love to do, but to have support that i have definitely that's pretty awesome yeah i was gonna say something about loving basketball too but yeah every you were talking i'm like oh <laughs> right right <laughs> I, I get that a lot <laughs> that is a pretty cool thing man very cool well wanted to thank you for joining us we appreciate it i am sure that we can meet up again and talk basketball, sports of all kinds. Because you were telling me before we started recording this podcast something I did not know about you and your love for football. Yes, uh, I, I love I love college football in particular. If I wasn't a basketball coach, which I'd never give up being a basketball coach, but if if I if there was anything else I, I could do, I would want to be one of those talking heads. I'm like. 
one of the college football shows. I think that would just be so cool just to sit there and talk college football all day. I didn't play football in college, so obviously I'll never get that job, but I just think it would be a lot of fun just to sit around every Saturday and just watch college football and get paid for it. That would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That is, that is a dream job for a lot of people, so I understand. I mean, being a Detroit Lions fan, I mean, there's only certain little certain things you can talk about, but I, maybe that's maybe that's why I love college football more. But I mean, I love my Detroit Lions and I ride and die with them. But that's that's part of being a Detroit sports fan, I guess. Speaking of the Detroit Lions and you being a fan, I will personally thank you for giving the Chicago Bears my team two W's and it seems like that little streak in there where they got to play the Lions twice has kind of helped them turn the ship around and make our offense at least move the ball. So thank you very much, Bobby Wilson. Well, I think that can be said about the Detroit Lions for a lot of teams for a lot of years. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's very true. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us. I appreciate it, and we will talk soon. Of course, man. Thanks for having me.